Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. Dr. Walter Aka, and we have the pleasure of having Dr. Christiana Tenorio. So I say doctor because she just graduated, and, and I want to give her her props. I want her Congratulations. She just, yep, she just graduated. <laughs> so, you know, Kyle and I have been on this rant where we're basically trying to figure out what new grads are doing. You know, we've given advice to new grads. Now we want to know what you guys actually went through. Right, because yeah. you are actually the class that went through COVID. What the whole year of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Right, you were your fourth. Were you were in your fourth year in two thousand twenty, like transitioning. Um, it it was the end of my third year and so beginning year. of my fourth year. Right. Mm-hmm. So we want to know basically what you went through. If you went through hell, tell us. If you didn't, then Kyle and I need to stop acting like you guys did go through hell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because outside of dental school we went through hell we were trying to figure everything out like it was literally uh every day we we, we had to figure out what we were doing you know and yeah. kyle had mm-hmm. arguments with everybody including the government and so forth <laughs> <laughs> so, so we wanted to know basically what you guys went through so go ahead uh dr tenorio tenorio please let us know your history your backstory i mean we we want to get to know you So I'm Dr. Tenorio. I just graduated dental school at the University of Tennessee in Memphis. And now I am working in Houston, Texas. I just got my license last week, actually, after waiting two and a half months. (laughs) So I get to start officially working the first week of August. I'm very excited, very new. People don't realize that Texas is only one, only like state, I feel like, that still uses like typewriters to get your name and address and everything. So that's probably what took so long, you know? <laughs> Everywhere else, yes. within a week or two, you got your license, but not Texas. Oh yeah, I was probably one of the last in my class to get mine, other than my friend going to Nebraska. And there were people who graduated technically a month after me and still are working before me. So it's been a very long wait, but I've been trying to stay patient. <laughs> that's all good, congratulations. Thank you. So, so what Kyle, have you been doing the, the past two and a half months in preparation for uh, working the rest of your life? Having <laughs> <laughs> any friends. fun doing anything? <laughs> um, no vacations or anything, mainly just moving from Memphis to Houston. And I've also been assisting and shadowing part-time at the office I'm planning on working at. So that's been nice because I've gotten to get used to the office and get to know the staff and especially the different materials because they're very different brands than what we're used to in dental and even though different than what we used in dental school. So just, and also seeing how the office runs compared to school, which is completely different than the real world. Go ahead and break that down. Let us know what that means. In terms of the office? Yeah, like you said, it's totally different than the real world. Like, what, what do they do differently? Like, what is some of the biggest shock that you've had to deal with? Um, one that was really good was that we don't have to talk finances with the patients, really. Whereas at school, that was like a big factor was presenting a treatment plan and then a patient refusing it and just right on the spot and no insurance at school, no payment plans. Whereas here we have something called a benefits coordinator at my office where you pass them along, they present it and 
then if the patient has any financial issues, I mean, most of our patients have insurance, so that's good. So they're typically covered in they need help. There's also like payment plan off um, options at the office. So patients are more likely to accept the treatment plan and, and compared to at school. And also just the way that you just go into the office and as the dentist, you talk to the patient, obviously, and but you do dentistry. You're not setting up your own cubicle. You're not sterilizing. You aren't checking people in and making appointments. You just get to go and do what you love to do. Whereas before I felt like the office manager, the like secretary, the like everything on top of trying to do dentistry. And in the school environment, they also make you do so many steps. For example, to get from like A to B, they make you take 10 steps. And compared to in the real world, it's they make it more efficient. They make everything run very smoothly. So how did you go, how, how did you go about finding this job? Because a lot of new grads are struggle. I, I, I would think they would struggle. Um, but we've talked at length on this show about uh, what the different options are. So um, what option as far as corporate, private practice, group practice did you go with? How did you find your job? And uh, what was the job interview process like and kind of what all those details are? Yeah. And then how many options did you have too? Mm -hmm. So I started searching for a job back in September. I started very early because I did not want to graduate without a job. Um, I knew I was moving away from Memphis and would need to pay rent, pay bills. Uh, I just didn't want there to be any sort of unknown after graduation. And it took me a while. I probably sent my resume and applied to over 100 jobs. Um, I was looking in Austin, I'd say at least probably 80 of those emails sent were to doctors and offices here in Houston. And I was still struggling to find a job. Even by Christmas break, no one was reaching out at all. Um, and around maybe February was when I started hearing back from some dentists. And one I'd say most of them, it would for corporate, they have you talk to either a national or a regional recruiter of some sort, and then they lead you on to the um, like the office manager or someone else, um, or I guess the owner dentist for that office. And I did talk to several corporate offices, and it was hard because a lot of even corporate, um, like or I guess corporations, even a lot of them didn't even have opportunities in Houston. And it's such a big city, you would think there would be something out of their 20 plus offices. And um, I think for interviews, it was just a slow process. I was doing phone interviews, Zoom interviews. I flew out to Houston a couple of times to meet with Dennis. And I ended up receiving about five offers. And one was a private practice one was a group practice and three were corporations and I ended up going with um, a job through Pacific Dental and 
I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. <laughs> but it was really hard. It was especially being in a different city. I didn't really have many connections. I only personally knew two dentists out here and one was a pediatric dentist. And other than like my parents' dentist, it it's hard when you don't know people. Whereas in Memphis, a dentist from the city would come to the school or help out with mock boards or something. So you do get to meet people. So moving really far away was hard because you don't really know who to talk to or who's hiring because it's essentially all word to mouth. Okay. So how did you choose Pacific out of the three uh, corporates, one practice or private practice and one group? Why Pacific? Why did you choose them? Mainly, no one's going to hear so you can be honest. No one's going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mainly the location out of, I guess, out of the other corporations in the group, they wanted me to work outside of Houston and they considered it Houston, but it would be a 35, 40 minute commute. And I knew exactly where I was going to live in Houston. So I didn't want to have to live way out late, like just so I don't have to commute every day. And uh, a lot of them also wouldn't tell me where I would be working they would send me a contract and want me to sign it, but not give me an address. So I felt uncomfortable working at a practice that I didn't know where it would be. And it finally came down to, I told them, I was like, I'm not signing this contract unless you give me an address. And they'll say, well, we might start you out here up in Kingwood or, oh, we might, you know, have you in Aldine and see how that works. And I was like, well, these are all really far away from me. And what's going to prevent y'all from just bouncing me around to, your multiple practices and with the non-compete clause, then that also makes things difficult. So, uh, so they had a Pacific was very, they they had, I'm sorry, they had a non-compete even though they didn't tell you where you're going to be located. Yes. <laughs> Every single one of them. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Kyle, yeah. you should start doing that. You're like, I'm not going to tell you my address until you sign this. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And they told me they wouldn't, even after I, like the due date for signing, they said they wouldn't know until after I got my license and then they would look at availability. And I didn't like that at all. <laughs> uh, even if it was, even when they gave me like a tentative address, I still wasn't a fan of it. And Pacific Dental was very specific. They were like, we will have you work here. If this office isn't ready for you, by the time you get your license, then you will be working here. And your non-compete is only for that, whichever office you work at the longest amount of time. And I liked also the salary. Um, they paid a little higher than the other um, offices that offered. And also in terms of the private practice, he never offered me a contract and wouldn't give me an estimated salary or even how many patients he had. And he would call every once in a while and say, let me know when you're back in Houston and you have your license and then we'll talk about a job. But that I didn't feel comfortable, you know, at that point it would have been this week before I'd be able to call him and be like, hi, you still need somebody. And to me that I like being really on top of it and being prepared. And that would have been too stressed for me to just wait months until I got it, possibly a contract. So Kyle, you're uh, you own your own practice. I do. Have you ever have you ever had anybody sign a contract where you've just left it blank and just had a line and said you'll fill in the details later? No. And just for them to sign it, because that's no. what it sounds like to me. They're like, hey, just 
just don't worry about the details. Don't worry yeah. about anything. You know what? Just fill this. Just write this paper blank. Just trust us. Blank. Sign trust this. Us. Please. <laughs> trust us. Yeah, <laughs> I made a good call there, uh, avoiding those places. Well, so so is, are you like a rarity, or are other classmates of yours kind of in the same situation where the the environment for employment is pretty slim? Sounds like. What about your friends yes, that graduated with you? They, the ones that didn't go to residency have been in essentially the same boat as me, unless they had parents who were dentists or the ones from really small towns that have like a small town dentist that they grew up with and knew to that they were going to end up there since the minute they decided to be a dentist. So that was kind of frustrating for me because around Christmas break, I was hearing people who were getting job offers and then I kind of had to sit back and think, well, these are people who knew these dentists their whole lives. You know, it's their uncle or their parents' best friend. So I can't really be too down on myself yeah. that I didn't have, you know, that offer essentially for the last four years. But the ones who don't have those dental connections, I still have friends who are either just now signing contracts or who still haven't found a job yet. Now, with so – I. If you don't mind me asking, if you do, let me know. Um, and don't answer this if in your contract there was a non-disclosure agreement. But we all talk with each other, kind of, uh, at least my class, my friends, we would talk to each other about what uh, kind of deals, that, or not deals, but contracts we were getting pay-wise. Um, was everybody pretty consistent with what they were finding with private practice versus group practice versus... At corporate dentistry as far as either a salaried or percent of collections that they were getting? Was it all comparable or were there, you know, a big range in offers? Okay. I'd say out of most of my friend, I'd say out of my closest friend group, almost all of us went corporate, but it, I'd say it was about the same. Um, one of my professors who is super kind and will read all of our contracts for us and go through it word by word and really just make sure that we look at all the nitty gritties of our contracts. Um, he was telling me that on average, new grads, whether it be private practice or um, corporation, they make around 25 to 35% production. Uh, I have heard of people making less. I've heard of people being paid based off of collections. Uh, Pacific Dental has like a tier system where based on how much you earn, um, or there's like a base pay for a few months and then uh, based on how much you earn, it goes up. So that was nice. But I've definitely have been hearing like don't accept less than 25, 24% and don't pay lab fees. Um, but essentially I think it's been about the same from what I've heard, especially since all of us have kind of gone corporate and at least not all, but my friend group. So hearing what they get, I think since corporate's harder to negotiate, we're all kind of stuck with like the same amount starting out compared to those in private practice. Okay. Oh. Yep. That's my wife. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Just came through. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, uh, but what's it called, guys? Um, here's a question. 
do you think that you made the right decision? I know it sounds horrible because you're about to work for this, but don't answer that. Had start, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I made me, a horrible decision signing that no, contract. No, let me, <laughs> no, no, let, me explain, let me ask you another way, right? <laughs> when you were starting dental school, when you were finishing, did you want to open your own practice? Like Kyle, did you want to work with private practice? You know, like what was some of your thought processes before you found out that, Hey, I could go corporate. You know what I mean? So that's what I meant by that. Like, did you go, did you have a game plan? Like we all had a game plan. Like I personally never wanted to work a corporate, never. You see what I'm saying? And that's what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Like I never wanted to work a corporate and I'm working with corporate, right? Because I've learned to adapt and just kind of said, okay, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Right. Right. Um, I was the same way. I originally wanted to work in private practice. Right. I told myself I would find a dentist who was close to retiring, right. work for them, and eventually buy the practice from them. And right. it'd be in a certain part of the city. They'd be doing a lot of cosmetic dentistry. Okay. Uh, that was the ideal plan. But like I said, finding a job was very difficult. And right. finding a job like that, especially I feel like not a lot of dentists have were retiring this year or yep. getting close yep. to it. Uh, so I, but I do not regret it, especially since it's a first job and my boss has been a, or the owner dentist. She's been a really good mentor and I feel like she's going to teach me a lot. And I feel like being in corporate, you get to see a little bit of everything and um, I don't have to be worried there at that office, not having patience or just being thrown the simple fillings they want me to do everything they have plenty of patience for me to see so i don't have to worry about twiddling my thumbs on in the back office waiting around for patients to come so i think i made the right decision and but ask me again about a year from now <laughs> we'll see how that goes no i honestly i i've worked you know i own my own practice i've worked private practice i've worked corporate and uh, I think it's a good idea to experience a little bit of everything, especially corporate, because they have their systems down. They have the business down. So as you're there, don't just focus on the dentistry, focus on everything else. Learn how the front, front desk does insurance verification, processes payments, uh, learn how you know, the systems are set up in place. That way, one, if any of those key staff members are gone, you still know a basic idea of how to help train somebody else. Uh, two, if you ever do decide you wanna have your own place, get into private practice, open your own place from scratch, you already know all of that stuff, business stuff that we aren't taught in dental school. So take, uh, corporate is gonna work you. Um, you know, They're gonna benefit from you, you're gonna benefit from them. So it, it's always, you know, don't be afraid to take from them because they're they're definitely taking from you also. Um, but I I think corporate is, is an awesome way to go, especially coming out. But because you're the COVID class, um, what kind of experience or what do you feel prepared coming out of dental school with the experience that you got in dental school to be on your you know basically in charge of yourself, in charge of your treatments now? Honestly, I do. I Our requirements were not lowered at all. 
they actually raised our requirements after oh. we got back from COVID. Uh, so that didn't go over well with our class. Now, once it got closer to graduation, they needed to start getting people out of clinic to bring in the next class. But so they were a little more lenient um, towards the end. But essentially, I do feel we had very high requirements and we there was a lot expected of us at UT. And especially that last year, they the professors gave us a lot of freedom mm -hmm. and weren't just constantly looking over our shoulder would say, well, what do you think about that temporary? If you think it's good, I'm not even going to check it. So it, it definitely got brought our confidence up. I still have a lot to learn, but I do feel prepared. Uh, I've been just so excited to get back into it after these last few months of waiting, just because I really do love it. And like I said, even after we met our requirements, I feel like the majority of my classmates and I continued to keep doing more so even when we finished our competencies or finished our 17 crowns we still kept going if we could just so that we could get better or get faster and increase our speed or just use a different material so i do after despite covid i do feel very prepared going in so your crown requirement or you did 17 crowns that was our requirements i think i got i did close to 25 and did I know some people water? in my class did over 40 or did over 30. You hear that water? She did how many? 25 crowns. That's actually really good. Yeah. Um, there's a university we're not going to say <laughs> how and I went to uh, <laughs> <laughs> that did uh, I think it's like now at two or one. Yeah. Like it's really wow. low. It's, it's really, bad. really low. So we've been talking a lot of crap about them for a while. Whenever, <laughs> whenever I graduated in 2013, it was if you do six crowns, you get a C. If you do eight crowns, you get a B. If you do 10 or more, you get an A for for that clinical area. So that's, to hear that you're doing 25 and some of your classmates are doing over 30, I mean, that I, I do four or five crowns a day right now just as a general single or single tooth uh, practice, really. I So to have you have that kind of experience that's awesome well i mean you know <laughs> for me in 2009 when i graduated it was 13. okay so you had to have 13 in order to graduate so you've doubled that yeah. uh so you know I, I think this is an official apology to all the dental schools because we've generalized a lot we said, <laughs> you guys are, <laughs> we said you guys were idiots coming out and I, <laughs> that's quote unquote quote quote unquote you guys are idiots and you know nothing uh, so I'm actually <laughs> kind of impressed. So University of Tennessee will strike you off the, the hated list. <laughs> <laughs> now for the other, you know, 40 or 50 schools, you guys can all stay on there until you prove me wrong. We're, we're going we're gonna to see if we can get them back on that hated list. Let, let's talk about student loans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Student loans is, is something that I know the first, the second you say student loans, I'm going to go off. So I'm not going to go off this time. I'm going to hear you out. And then I'm going to hate your school. So go ahead, please. I, again, if you don't want to talk uh, specifics <laughs> with yourself, talk generalizations between yeah. you know what your, your class is. Exactly. So um, on average, they say that students now graduate with approximately $250,000 in debt. I would say. What did you guys uh, graduate with? I don't I can read. The ADA <laughs> on, I can read the ADA average. It's all BS. Like yeah. I. <laughs> I'd say most of 
my classmates, at least, especially those who were out of state, yeah. graduated with close to 300,000 or more. Uh, I think I knew of someone who graduated with close to 400,000. And it also depends on if people have undergrad loans. Thankfully, yeah. I did not have any undergrad loans, but dental school definitely added up. We had a lot of different fees. Um, I've talked to students at UT Houston and they didn't have to buy hand pieces or burrs. They didn't have to buy their own materials and stuff. And UT in Memphis didn't buy essentially everything that we, um, even in the clinic, it was like a specific material how, like composite. How, 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 yes. They, I don't know. They said they didn't have to buy hand pieces that they had sitting in the cabinets. They didn't. They just checked out VPS guns. Yeah. So I was very jealous that they got to save so it much like money stealing, but on instruments. <laughs> we, won't, <laughs> we won't go in depth with that because you might have just uh, incriminated a lot of people. <laughs> Um, okay, so so tuition is about the same. So you guys are kind of hitting the average. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other schools like they're graduating if they're private schools, they're graduating like five hundred thousand. You know, that's a really mm -hmm. really nice house. That's a mansion in uh, Houston, uh, in Bedford. That's <laughs> what is what is that, Kyle? What's that? <laughs> What's that's the correlation? Four or a five mansion plus wide. like fifty acres. No, that's like four yeah. or five wide. <laughs> <laughs> So he's really, I mean, that's, a, that's incredible. For, that's for, for those park. who don't, can't put that together, that's exciting. You're, you're literally taking the whole park. <laughs> this is how we coordinate everything. Um, all right, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, when it comes to starting work, what is the scariest part of this whole process to you? You've graduated, you've got, you've got experience, you've done a lot of crowns. I mean, that's what we all want to do now, right? Everybody wants, everybody wants to talk about crowns and so forth. But what is the scariest thing to you right now? You're, you're a new grad, you just started. What, 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 what makes you anxious? One of the most anxious things is not having that professor over your shoulder. So if you do mess up, you can't be like, well, I'm a student, you signed your paperwork. I I messed up. You should expect that. Or there's not a professor to rush in and save you. And thankfully, where I'll be working, there will be other dentists that I could possibly go to if something does go wrong, which is what I was looking for in an office with a mentor or just someone else in case there's just an emergency or five questions. But I am anxious for those scary situations or those situations where you see something that you've never, ever seen or heard of before. Uh, and trying to figure out how to explain that to a patient or even how to get yourself out of that situation, especially if the other dentist at the office is busy or if you're there by yourself. So that's one of the scariest parts of starting for me. You know, it's so funny, Kyle. I still have people signed a, I'm still a student paper. I've been yeah. keeping that for so long now. You know, I'm like, I'm still a student, sorry. I messed up. <laughs> I still have that sign. I would, I would, I would encourage you to keep that paper forever. It's amazing. You know, if you think you're new to this, they're like, okay, you screwed up. That's fine. You know. And yeah, day is every person is different. There are still days where I walk in with patients, and you know, you get started on a treatment, and in your head something or something happens with during the procedure and you got to think on your feet and there's a lot of times where you think 
I don't know what to do now, but you take a couple of deep breaths. You're, we're, we're all smart. We're all trained and, you know, dentistry, it's not one fix for everything. We have, you know, 50 different ways that we can look at it at a tooth and figure it out. So it, it's, it's definitely a scary feeling. Um, it gets better over time, but it, it's, it's still there. Uh, especially if you want to continue to progress with your skills and, and push what you're capable of and what treatments you can offer, you're, you're going to stay in that little bit of anxiety zone. And it's, you know, I, I think that helps you grow as a dentist. You know, I don't know if I've ever not run into a situation where I didn't know, right? I, I, I honestly, every single time I come into something, like Kyle said, and I, I'm just like, I've never heard this or I've never seen this before or I've never dealt with this before. So I always stay in contact with my friends. And I'm like, hey, what do you guys think about this case? Or yeah. what, you know, like I have friends who like, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treatment plan something. I'm like, I have no clue where to even begin, right? Because right. it's so much. So I contact my prosto friends. And I'm like, hey, how would you treat and plan this? Or where would you start? You see? So there's no, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I've been, Kyle, I've been out since 2009, right? So that's what, 11, 12 years. Kyle, yep. you've been out since 2000, what? 13. 13, right? So Kyle's yep. been hitting this up and has his own practice. You see? So there's, you, we're not, I mean, you're growing. You're going to continue to grow. If you're doing the same thing and nothing surprises you, then either you, you're just not doing anything or you just don't care. like when you get to the point where like nothing surprises you anymore you just don't care because you're like oh whatever i'll figure this out or i just screw up or i just send it away you know what i mean so growing is going to involve a lot of this anxious moments and anxious times you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so okay so you know uh uh, full disclosure she works in an office that i go to right so i'm going to ask you to be completely honest how much do you like working with me and uh, how great am I? You know? <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, okay, let me ask you, I guess, what questions do you have or what advice would you give to like the fourth years now? Like, you know, you just started, but what advice would you give to like your, your underlings? I would tell them in terms of starting a job, I would tell them to start early don't wait till last minute try to figure out where you want to live and look for jobs there and if you don't know look in multiple cities there's nothing wrong with that um also in terms of clinic get as much experience as you can don't just stop once your requirements are done keep trying to learn and improve your skills set and talk to your professors about cases or things that you've seen online just um to learn, keep learning, because even as a dentist, once you're out, you're still learning all the time. So we might as well do it while you're in school and you have 50 plus professors standing around and a bunch of specialists there as well. Um, But also don't get discouraged if it's hard to find a job because that's what I did. And I finally had to like step back and say, you know, it's only September. I have almost a year before I can start working. And so just keep keep going and keep sending out your resume and keep applying to jobs and just contact everyone you can. And, you know, it's not bad to have to go to corporate. And, you know, if you don't get your ideal job starting out, that's okay. Yep. Okay. I, I got to ask this question too. So in my class, we were very competitive, right? 
Class of 2009, you all know we all hate each other. It, it is what it is. <laughs> we move on. We, I see he, we, you know, we went to the reunion. It was like four people went to the reunion. That's how much you didn't like me. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so how competitive or how chill was your class? My class was very chill. Okay. I feel like it skips a year at UT um, because the class above and below us were very competitive, whereas we were we were all friends essentially. And if not, maybe like friends, we still all helped each other out. Someone would make a really cool pharmacology study guide and instead of just keeping it to themselves, they'd send it out to the class. Or if someone, you know, need asked for help in the group me about something in class or a quiz question or something, then someone would always like be there to help out. And especially amongst like your close knit, like group of friends, like, I, my friends and I, we would almost assign subjects, I think our first or second year of dental school, and each of us do study guides and share them and each of us share resources and materials. So I was very lucky to be a part of a class that we didn't, thankfully did not hate each other. We all got very close and especially with COVID and we had administration changes and requirement changes. I feel like especially as it got towards the end, we were all getting very close and we spent every waking moment together, whether it was in school, the library, going out. Hardly any of us had friends outside of dental school in Memphis. So we we had to get close and we had to be there to help each other. And it was really nice. That's not the answer I was looking for. But <laughs> that was a lame answer. <laughs> No, I mean, because every class has that one person that wants to snitch on everybody, you know, uh, an A, so then they're angry because, you know, the oldie was out there, you know, for, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, every year we have a bunch of old exams that have been kind of going through since like, you know, 1998, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it was like 1992, you know, we had like old exams from back then, you know what I mean, that kind of circulated through. So, so again, you know, there's always one person that wants to snitch on the whole class. And you're telling me you did not have a single snitch in your class. <laughs> no, thankfully no, not. I think lie. we learned don't from lie. the class above <laughs> us. Not a We really snitch. didn't. It's no, not one. Not John. Not Michael. There's always a Michael to snitch. <laughs> there's always a Michael out there that's a snitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Thankfully, no Michaels in my class. <laughs> That's because he was a snitch before he came to class. They took care of him before he, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, do you have any other questions or anything, any comments, anything at all? Uh, is there anything that you wanted to cover or ask us that we didn't touch on yet? Yeah. So what's y'all's advice on starting out? Like what advice would y'all give somebody who is fresh out of dental school and starting their very first year? water okay uh so for me you know uh I'm, I'm okay so i'm jaded now right so i'm gonna tell you from an honest point of view here i'm jaded so remember that right what you know my answer is based on me being jaded but i honestly believe that when you come out of school you have to understand that you don't know much and there's nothing wrong with learning that's why every single ce course every single book or everything has the new grad discount. Use that new grad discount. If I could use you guys to get new grad discounts, I would. 
<laughs> like I could literally call you up and be like, hey, give me your new grad information or, or here's the money. Buy me this, this, and this so I can get a new grad discount. I would. I feel like people don't realize that. Yes, I get it, right? You're broke. You're looking at your student loans and you're thinking, hey, what the heck am I going to do with a CE course? But start basic, right? Learn about occlusion. Basic. Don't go into a full mouth rehab CE when you don't even know how to prep a tooth properly. Maybe not for University of Tennessee, but for everybody else. You, you start <laughs> That's the key. You know what I mean? So for me, it's always about learning as much as you can. Start simple and understand that there are people out there that are willing to help you out. It's a competitive environment. Even after you graduate, it's still competitive because the dentist down the road is not Kyle's best friend. They're still trying to, they're still running the same exact business, right? So they see Kyle and they think Kyle has a practice. I have a practice. I got to make sure that my practice does better than his practice. It's not personal, but how is, you know, how am I going to stand out? How is Kyle going to stand out? Your personality and what you know. Yep. So start with education, education, education. I joke around a lot, but I can honestly, you know, have a great conversation with Kyle about like treatment plan and so forth. Like we do that. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with being nerdy. That's your job. You're a nerd. Like you're a dentist, you're a dentist and you're a nerd. Like, I, you know what I mean? Except for Kyle, he also surfs. So he's kind of cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know what I mean? We're all nerds and we want to do the best we possibly can for our patients. But you can't do that just based on just watching one or two YouTube pages. You know yeah. what I mean? So as much technology as everything you guys have, utilize it to your advantage. I feel like you guys kind of need to kind of, you become complacent real quick. Right. You know, or you kind of go down the wrong path where you think you want to do full mouth rehabs. And I'm like, but you don't even understand the basics. How are you going to do a full mouth rehab without understanding the basics? And then when it bites you in the ass, <laughs> then what happens? You get, you get gun shy and then you go back and regress down to like, let me just stick with class two amalgams or composites. You know what I mean? So anyway, let me get off my, my, my stool. <laughs> I, my, uh, my advice would be dealing with finances. Um, Coming out of school with, I, I graduated with three hundred sixteen thousand, so of student loans. Uh, it seems like a big number, but if you focus on the education, if you're able to provide those bigger treatments, those uh, you know root canals, crowns, uh, Invisalign implants, if you focus on the education and you can start offering those things, the money will come. Uh, don't go out and buy a new Beamer or, you know, think you're entitled to, uh, you know, living the doctor lifestyle. If you keep it lean and trim these next couple of years and put any extra money either towards education or towards paying off your loans, it's going to benefit you 30, 40 years from now. Uh, yes. So, so yes. pay attention to the finances. Um, continue to live like, you know, a dental student these next couple of years. And whenever you're making those student loan payments, you'll see that your number is going to keep going up, even though you're making those minimum monthly payments, because it's all that interest is heavy loaded up front. So if you really want to make a dent, you got to start paying big chunks toward your student loan. So once you get your emergency fund set up, once you get to the basic necessities covered as far as living expenses, hammer those student loans. The, the faster you pay them off, the unless 
of course you get like a, a 2% or right now, I guess nobody's paying on student loans because of COVID. Uh, but, uh, no, they're not paying interest, Kyle. No one's been forgiven of student loans. They're not paying interest. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if they're talking about uh, forgiving student loans, forget everything I said because it's a waste of yeah. money to pay for them then. <laughs> but I would not depend on that just yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just watch your finances. Um, you know, be smart about it and it'll it'll benefit you in the long run. And have fun. Have fun. I mean, like, you know, for me, I remember I went, before I had any responsibilities, meaning my kids, you know, uh, or getting married, I worked like six days. And, and, you know, it sucks, but it allowed me that extra income to pay off my loans. And someone told me once, they were like, look, and, and at the time, mind you, like, this, I'm old. So, you know, at the time, like, student loans were like 5 6%, right? So they were like, if you pay off your student loans, it's like guaranteeing yourself 5 6% return on your income. And I'll say yep. that is kind of a weird, a good way of putting it, right? Because we're always thinking, oh, we need to invest in this and that. But that's, there's no guarantee, even with investment, that's that high. So when you put it that way, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Because once I'm done with my student loans, everything that I make is mine. I'm not giving it to Uncle Sam. I'm not giving it to some you know, student loan company. It's mine. So if you think that way, then then you can live that you know baller lifestyle, and no one's gonna even like be mad about that. They're gonna be like, oh man, she's making money. She's done well. She sacrificed a little bit, you know what I mean? So and also learn uh, insurance, insurance, insurance. I truly feel like if you learn insurance and understand your value, like don't just give money away. Like if a patient comes to you and says, oh, can you give me a discount? Tell them no. There's nothing wrong with that. No. You don't have to. You don't have to give a discount to sell treatment. If the patient values you and your treatment plan, they'll do it. Because if they have an iPhone in their hands and it costs twelve hundred dollars for an iPhone, and they're not willing to pay four hundred dollars for your crown or or, or a restoration, they can go to hell. They can go to hell. And I said that. Anybody <laughs> listening, to me, you can go to hell. Because if you can afford an iPhone. Yeah. then you can absolutely afford our treatment plan. And iPhones last three years. I know. I have an old iPhone. And it's dying out. that data plan that's attached to the iPhone that's like oh, 150 no. <laughs> Exactly. And we have payment plans. So yeah. let's be honest here. Please, 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 I tell this to everybody. Do not sacrifice your worth or your work because people think it's easier to just give people discounts yeah. than to actually tell them, no, this is how much you weigh. You're not Walmart. Dentistry not, shouldn't be a race to the bottom. It should not be a race to the bottom. If you listen to other episodes, we talk about how much we hate the fact that we're racing to the bottom right now. Dentists have gone to the point where everything needs to be free, white, and free this, free that. So patients are going to value exactly how much free. How much is free? Zero. So patients are going to value how, how much you're, you're paying them, you're charging them for. So if, yep. if they, you do something for free, they're not going to value it as much as if you actually had to put some effort and money into it. So. Right. All right, well, we, we talked our ear off. We, we, we made her speechless. <laughs> we and and, and I, don't, I think she might quit her job. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> we basically made her go, you know what? When I'm not doing this dentistry stuff. You know what I mean? If, if, if she becomes a day trader or something, we know why. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for taking the time. I know, it's a, you know you're busy, but thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us. We really appreciate you. We do. Thank you.
Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I have really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to working with you, Dr. Hawk. I'm seeing you every month. You see how great you see how grateful she is to work with me, Kyle? Yeah, give her time. (laughs) (laughs) Next month she's gonna be like, I hate that guy so much. What an idiot. (laughs) Worst great honest ever. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you you so much. I really do appreciate you coming on. I'm I'm I hope you had fun. That's what this is all about. Oh, I did. I definitely did. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Enjoy your day. Take care. Be safe. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.